episode 35. Your feedback is welcome. Welcome to Pole Data Soulmate Relationship Talk. I'm your host, Antriana E. Stone, the love advocate, where everything is always about you internally and externally. Be sure to tune in weekly on Wednesday for our new episode. And don't forget to invite a friend. This week's episode, I'll be narrating from the book, Pole Data Soulmate, Esther's Story. And our sponsor, Get More in Life Coaching, will give away three signed copies to the first three listeners that comment on this week's episode. Go to PoleDateOrSoulMate.com for details. Thanks for listening. The officer immediately apologized to Esther and after making a few hurried remarks to his fellow officers, escorted her inside Gigi's. He removed her cuffs and waited outside of the restroom door. Gigi's had a lavishly decorated lounge area in the restroom. Esther was drawn in by the inviting atmosphere and decided to sit and collect herself until the officer called for her. The lounge seat was a vast improvement over the back seat of the squad car out front. A bang on the door alerted Esther to the presence of a young woman who entered the restroom. Uh, ma'am, the officer outside asked me to tell you to wash up while you're here. He'll be letting you go. The woman delivered her message and then disappeared into a stall further into the restroom. Thank you, Esther called after her. She stood and looked into the mirror over the row of sinks. She seemed to have aged 10 years in the last few hours. Embarrassed, she grabbed a handful of paper towels and removed the mascara that had smudged terribly. Her purse had been confiscated at the boutique, so her faded lipstick couldn't be repaired. The only thing Esther wanted to do was to get back home. Esther exited the restroom to find the officer standing idly against the wall outside. He was easy on the eye, she noted for the first time. He stood away from the wall as he noticed her and stuck out his hand. All set? I'm sorry I didn't introduce myself earlier. Jeff Boyd. Jeff, I'm Esther. Are you effing kidding me? Ma'am, I've been sitting in the back of a squad car while Mark, your fellow officer, went Rambo. Am I still under arrest? Because the only thing I've done is fall asleep in a dressing room. It wasn't intentional. I didn't steal anything. I don't really understand why I can't just go home. I've been gone since yesterday and I really need to get back across the bridge to Jersey City, get in my car and drive the hell off into Grand Canyon. This has been the worst 24 hours. Jeff stood casually with one hand 
rested on the side of his holster and the other on his handcuffs. Although the lady in the restroom had said the officer was going to free her, Esther didn't see how that could be the case. She turned around with her back to him, her hands behind her. Do it. Cuff me. And let's get this over with. You hungry? What? Are all you officers crazy? No. Look. I understand the order, the ordeal you are in with my buddy, and I want to make things right. So, instead of booking you at the station, I'm going to let you go. My shift is over in about 30 minutes, and I'll be glad to take you home or back to your car. Esther could only stare at the officer in surprise. It was Mark that wanted to book you. It was his call. I don't think it was the right one. There was no evidence to convict you on. 911 clocked your call several seconds after the alarm, and a few witnesses called in and said you were in the store earlier in the day. Wait, wait. How did they know? Jeff smiled, a genuine, warm expression. You were on the news. Oh, was all she could think of to say. She was embarrassed, angry, and emotionally exhausted from the events of the last few days. She wanted to scream and cry and hit something, so she did. She started beating on the officer's chest with her clenched fists laying part of the blame, perhaps unfairly, on him. Hey, hey! He grabbed both of her arms and held them until she calmed down. They stared at one another for a long time, evaluating each other. He really is handsome. For a moment, they both forgot Jeff was still on duty. And Esther had only just narrowly escaped spending the night in lockup. Esther eased toward him, wanting to be caressed by the warm, rough hands that held her arms firmly between them. Something changed in Jeff's eyes, a spark of interest. But he let her go and stepped back. Let me escort you. They left Gigi's and drove to the precinct where Jeff told Esther to stay in the lobby until he had her personal things released from evidence. Within 15 minutes, Jeff was off duty and held her purse in his hands as he collected her and ushered her outside. They climbed into Jeff's red Ford Mustang and drove away, headed towards the George Washington Bridge. Do you want to get something to eat before I take you back home? Jeff asked after a few minutes of driving. I'm funky. I need to shower and get some rest. I have a friend hospitalized and I need to go see her. Esther declined his offer, glancing out the window. What happened? The accident a week ago on the George Washington Bridge. One of the cars belonged to my friend. The yellow sports car? I was on scene. Bad wreck. 
How is your friend? Two people were injured. The driver had minor injuries, and the passenger suffered severe injuries. From the report, the woman wasn't in her car seat belt. Esther nodded. The woman, Vashti, is my friend. The guy, his name was Paul, right? Lucky son of a gun. According to the officer that had written the report, there had been some hanky-panky going on. The passenger in the car wasn't wearing a seatbelt. The driver had closed his eyes out of ecstasy and had not noticed the bridge had started to back up. He'd opened his eyes again to see the back of a delivery truck that had jackknifed at them, dragging the car across the bridge. So, that's Paul? Jeff looked over at her, a question in his gaze. Sorry, I didn't know who was with her, but she kept calling for a Paul in the hospital. Do you know what happened to him? Well, your friend was airlifted to a nearby hospital, and I believe Paul was taken to another hospital. He was less critical. Tell me, where are you parked? Are you sure you don't want to grab a bite to eat? Make it right at the corner. My car should be there. Jeff pulled into the lot next to Esther's car. She smiled politely and took a deep breath. Thank you. Here, Jeff handed her his number. In case you want to grab that dinner sometime or if you need to talk. Tired and frustrated, a few minutes later, Esther peeled out of the parking lot. She drove for about 10 minutes when she looked in her rearview mirror and noticed Jeff following her. She hadn't thought he'd been serious about escorting her home. Why would he? Maybe I should have taken him up on that dinner invite, though I'd much rather take him home. She stuck her hand out the window and waved to let him know she saw him coming and following her. When Esther arrived home, she waved for Jeff to park and come on in. She needed to relieve her frustration and hope Jeff would be up for it. Esther pulled into her driveway and Jeff parked out front on the streets. Well, all right now, Esther, what do you think is going to happen? We've already noticed his friend acting a fool. Stay tuned next week when the story continues with Officer Jeff Boyd. And don't forget to invite a friend weekly on Wednesday to listen to our latest podcast. And always seek peace, joy, and love.